subject staying uh, the course, staying the course. I remember hearing this term. Uh, of course, it is a common term in, in, as it relates to matters of perseverance, persistence, and determination. Uh, I, but I remember uh, at one point hearing this, particularly as it related to the mission in the nation of Iraq. And uh, I recall very vividly uh, President George W. Bush repeatedly making that statement, we must stay the course. Now there, of course, is swirling debate about the origin of that particular conflict and, and, uh, and whether, whether we should have gone and what have you. But once we got there, we had to and needed to finish what we started and what the, the job was at hand. I remember there was a, a crash of disagreement and he was, he was challenged on every side uh, and was even mocked for using the refrain, stay the course. But he used it anyway, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. Sometimes you simply can go on those three words and those three words alone, stay the course. You're not going to necessarily find validation from people. You're not necessarily going to find affirmation from uh, your own feelings necessarily and your own frustrations. But there is value in finishing, concluding, completing. There is a nobility in the matter of completion. And so we want to talk about staying the course. Now, the course that I'm speaking of is the course that is set out for us and to us by the Lord. And the scripture teaches us that the Lord has a plan for our life. It's very important that we remember that the Lord has a plan for our life. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. There is an end to this. There is an end in these matters. And it is an expected end. God knows what the end will be if you will trust him. God knows what the conclusion will look like if you will trust him. In the book of Proverbs, the book of Psalms rather, the Bible teaches us, commit thy way unto the Lord and he shall bring it to pass. Of course, we could talk about the scripture that teaches us that there is a way that seems right unto a man. How many have ever been there when there was a way that seemed right? But the end was the problem. The end thereof was death. But it seemed right. The way seemed right. I mean, the way just simply seemed right. But the end was death. Not with God. 
Even when he died, that wasn't the end. He rose from the dead and gives us resurrection power. In fact, he has authority over the end. In this sense, he is the first, the last, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the ending. He declares the end from the beginning. God has an expected end for you. And God has a course for you. Now, there are different kinds of courses. There are golf courses. Anybody who plays golf knows that that is a that's a great thing. That's a beautiful thing. You can stand up on a tee box and look out over a golf course, and it's just absolutely breathtaking at times. Then there's an obstacle course where every couple of steps you find yourself engaged in some new problem that you have to physically, mentally, sometimes emotionally, Overcome, but God has a course for your life, and it is important to walk after the course that God has set for you. Praise the Lord. And we call it knowing the will of God. Knowing the will of God. How do I know the will of God? Isn't that like the age old question? How do I know the will of God? We're going to talk a little bit about walking in the course of God, and we're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we're going to begin with the first verse of 2 Timothy chapter 4 and read some very uh, powerful words from the Apostle Paul to the young man Timothy. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. This is an older preacher telling a younger preacher what what to do in the ministry. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and with all doctrine. Why? Well, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables, but watch you in all things. Endure afflictions. Those two words, we just kind of skip over those. But those are two very powerful words. And it, it, it might be easier said than done, but it must be done. Endure afflictions. That word afflictions is a big, big word, and it could encompass a whole spectrum of things. But it doesn't matter what all it encompasses or entails. Endure it. Endure afflictions. The race isn't given to the swift. And the battle isn't given to the strong. But to him that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now you might come in limping and gasping. And, and, and fallen over, bruised, beat up, battered, beat down, beat sideways. But make it to the end. Endure unto the end. You know, we're too close to the end to give up now. We are too close to the end to give up now. He said, endure afflictions. He goes on to say, 
Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. And here's the reason why he is giving him such admonishment. Because I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. And this is, a, this is a sad truth, ladies and gentlemen, that we must consider in 2016. We've lost a lot of our elders in the kingdom of God. They've moved on to glory. And they're with and in the presence of the Lord. So this is an even greater responsibility and mandate for those of us who remain. Because the scripture says, as Paul teaches Timothy, I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. In other words, I can't do it anymore. you got to do it. It's, it's in your hands. I know all you've known, Timothy, is me going from church to church and country to country and, and taking care of problems and correcting and exhorting and rebuking and reproving. But Paul said, but I'm about to go on to meet the Lord. So you have to do it. And that is so incumbent upon us to recognize the responsibility that rests in us to pick up the mantle and do the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so he said, I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Paul had a course, and his, ladies and gentlemen, was an obstacle course. Now, now, now notice what Paul says to the church at Ephesus in the second chapter of the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 1, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So there are two courses, ladies and gentlemen, to walk. One is the course of this world and one is the course that God lays out for you and I Paul said I have finished my course and henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness not to me only but unto all that love his appearing Paul was walking according to the course of this world when he was a Pharisee he was walking according to the course of this world when he was of the tribe of Benjamin and took such great Self-righteous pride in that. He was walking according to the course of this world when he was receiving the accolades of his fellow Judaizers and was targeting Christians for murder. He was walking according to the course of this world and did not know it. He thought he was walking the course that God had laid out for him, but God was getting ready to change his course. And while he was on the road to Damascus, his course changed. And he began walking a new road. He began traveling down a new path. Living a new life. And that's what the Lord does for us. We walk according to his path. And we take it step by step, day by day, 
And we walk according not to the course of this world, but according to the course that the Lord has laid out for us. The book of Acts, and we're going to look at the 20th chapter of the book of Acts. And we're going to read, we're going to begin reading at the 16th verse. We're looking a little bit at the course of Paul, the course that God laid out for him. Verse 16 of Acts chapter 20. For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia, for he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. Now, we're going to skip down to verse number 22. Now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. Not knowing the things that shall befall me there. See, when you walk in the course of God, you don't have to know the things that will befall you. You just know that you're walking with God and he's got it. It's going to be all right. However it turns out and whatever it ends up being, it's going to be all right because you're walking with the Lord. So he said, I don't know the things that shall befall me in Jerusalem. And verse number 23, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. In other words, I'm used to bonds, and he's not talking about U.S. savings bonds. And he's not talking about 007. He's talking about shackles. And he said, bonds and afflictions, they abide me, but none of these things move me. Move me from what? From my course. None of these things push me off of the trajectory that God has laid out for my life. Let me tell you something. When you decide that you're going to serve the Lord and you put your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit into it and you trust him and you obey him, there is nothing that can move you. Your feet are on the solid rock and they're going to stand fast through every storm. None of these things move me. Listen to this. Listen to this place of resolve. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Now we're getting ready to say farewell to Brother and Sister Dixon, but we're believing in Jesus' name. We're going to see their face a lot more. But Paul was telling them this is the last we're going to see of each other. Agabus the prophet came to him and said, hey, listen, this might change everything. I know you were planning to go to Jerusalem but I just got a word from the Lord and I want to share it with you. Uh, you're going to run into some major problems when you get to Jerusalem. And the apostle Paul looked at him and said, and? He said, you don't understand. I am willing to lay down my life for the gospel that I might finish my course with joy. I count not my life dear unto myself. 
The Apostle Paul was focused on the course that God laid out before him and nothing was going to deter him, nothing was going to move him, nothing was going to keep him from obeying the Lord and following after the Spirit of the Lord and letting the Lord lead him. Hallelujah. Now, got to be careful in, uh, in following anything. You really have to be careful, and you don't want to trust your flesh. Now, I have learned something about myself. I don't know if this goes for anybody else here, but it goes for me. I have learned that if I don't know where I'm going, whatever I think I should do is the wrong thing to do. If I think I should go left, I should go right. It's actually become a very good measurement, a gauge for where I should go and how I should get there. I end up where I need to end up. If I think I should go straight, I need to make a U-turn. and Just go back to where I came from, and there it is. Oh, okay, there it is. I have learned that I don't have this natural instinct for direction. Now, my wife does, and, and I lean on her. She can get us anywhere at any time and, and never been there but knows how to get there. I don't know how that happens. But when, but when it comes to me, I've learned I just simply don't have that instinct. The same is true of your flesh. If your flesh is in leadership of your life, what your flesh desires to do is the opposite of what you should do. It'll lead you down the wrong path. It will lead you astray. It will cause you to go into a way that will ultimately cause great damage and destruction for your life. And so you, you do have to be very very careful with that in following the course. Now, you know, in following the course that God laid out for your life and walking with Him and serving Him and living for Him and, and obeying Him and being sensitive to Him, it's very important. It's very important that you pay attention to the things of God. The most costly thing you can do is not pay attention. If you're not paying attention, it's going to cost you dearly down the road. I remember I was driving up from uh, the Tennessee area and I was coming up I-75 back home to Cincinnati. I called home. I was talking to my wife and we were talking on the phone. And as we were talking, we were just chit-chatting, small talk. And, and, uh, and I was just sailing along. Got to Lexington and I'm still sailing along. And I'll be home in about, oh man, hour and a half, maybe two hours, depending on traffic, probably an hour and a half, 45 minutes. No, it wasn't 45 minutes. But I said, I'll be home probably an hour and a half, two hours. You know, I'm, I'm coming up to Lexington, and I, I think it's going to be good. And so everything was fine, and I was driving along. I hung up the phone and just sailing along, looking forward to getting home in an hour and a half or two hours. And I saw a sign that said, Louisville. 60 miles and I thought wow I didn't I don't remember 75 going through Louisville I just don't remember that and I and I'm it's not reson it's not resonating with me that there's an issue here I'm still sailing along until finally I realized that at Lexington 75 and 64 split up and I went with 64. Why? Because I wasn't paying attention. You know, this can happen in life and this can happen in your walk with God. 
simply by not paying attention, just kind of going with the flow of your flesh, going with what you like, going with what you feel, not really praying about it, not really seeking God about it, and you just kind of going along with the motions, and the highway sounds the same, the trees all look the same. Everything really is similar to what you've known up to this point, but you are going the wrong direction, and you're off course. You're off course. And you're not going to know it until you arrive somewhere you didn't intend to be. And, and I remember uh, I had to take a back road. That was fun. It was night. There, night had fallen, and that was just really interesting. I took a back road in Kentucky, and, and I don't know where all I went. I don't know who all I saw. I honestly have no idea where I was. I don't even know that I was in Kentucky the whole time. But I circled around and I rode around and I mean it turned into a scenic drive. And once I got service, I called my wife and said, you won't believe what I did. So I will not be home as I had hoped in that amount of time. But, but, but when you get off course... That road will take you places that you don't need to go. Places that God never intended for you to go. And it's easy for us to go through life and think, oh, well, this is what the Lord had in mind for me. No, it's kind of what you prepared. And thank God for his mercy that he's still with me despite how much I put him through. How many times that I went off course and God had to come along and say, all right, mercies are new every morning. My compassion fails not. I'm still your healer. I'm still your God. I'm still your deliverer. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I thank God that he follows us even when we get off course. If you're off course tonight, it is time to get back on the right track and stay the course. Don't let things derail you don't let things or people or circumstances cause you to get off course in your life how many have ever been off course before in life in your spirit in your mind how many thank God that it was like he just translated you back to the right track I don't know when it happened. Maybe it was in an old-fashioned altar. Maybe it was in the middle of a worship service where it clicked and you realized, my God, have mercy. Where am I? Where is this? What is this? I don't remember planning to be here. I don't remember expecting any of this. This isn't on my map. You really want to pay attention to the map. You really, really want to pay attention to the map. If you are downtown Cincinnati or, or a little northeast of downtown, and you're on Reading Road, Reading Road is the most confusing road I've ever seen in my life. I don't know where it is. I don't know where that road is. I think I do. It's US 42 and Reading Road at the same time. You get on Reading Road, you're on US 42. You drive up northeast, and then something happens. Reading Road goes northwest, 
and US 42 keeps going northeast. Reading Road becomes Cincinnati Dayton. And US 42 keeps going till it becomes Reading Road again. And then Cincinnati Columbus. I'm confused even now. Even I just, just I actually just explained it perfectly. I'm still confused. And it is so easy to, to, to think you know and not know. It is so easy to think you understand where you are and you know how to get where you're going. And I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, without the leadership of the Holy Spirit, without the governing wisdom of God, you don't know how to get yourself from A to B to C to D. You don't know how to finish this course. You don't know how to lead your family. You don't know how to lead your own self. You don't know how. Oh, you can, you can manage for a little while, but, but I'm talking about the end thereof. You can put on a good facade, but I'm talking about where does this thing end? With God, there is an expected end. With God, we know how this thing wraps up. Oh, hallelujah. And so we, we stay the course. Regardless of what comes our way, we stay the course. We stay the course, and the, like I said, with Reading Road and US 42, the course isn't always just some linear road. You know, you got to be careful when you say, since US 42 and Reading Road were the same road in this part of town, then that must mean they're the same road in that part of town. you got to be careful when you say, since this was the will of God in this season of my life that means it's the will of God in that season of my life got to be careful you got to pay attention you got to follow the map let me tell you what the map says okay the map says blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly that's a blessed man who will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Let me give you, this is one of the best things that, that, that I could tell anybody anywhere. If you really want to be blessed, one of the chiefest things you should do is never walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I, that's what the Bible says. That's my map. That map tells me and shows me and explains to me how I should walk and how this course winds. And I'm going to tell you something. This map shows me how this course winds through so many different ravines, hills, valleys. It shows me where it splits off from US 42 and becomes Cincinnati Dayton, where it becomes Cincinnati Columbus. It shows if I'll pay attention, this shows me where the pitfalls are. This shows me where the problems emerge. Every, every problem that I have created, I can always go back to where I wasn't paying attention to the map. The map was always right. Always right. And the map will never lead you astray. And it's not the easiest thing in the world. This, this course is not the easiest course in the world to follow. US 42, Reading Road, Sharonville Road is somewhere near there, I think. 
Cincinnati, Columbus, Cincinnati, Dayton. It, it, but, but if you'll follow the map and you'll really pay attention to the map, you'll know where you're going. It's a narrow way. It's so narrow that sometimes you've got to like kind of suck in your stomach and duck down and step over stuff. That's how narrow this thing is. Sometimes you've got to get uncomfortable, inconvenient. It's going to be, it's going to be a discomfort to you on many occasions. And there are going to be a lot of your friends and a lot of people you know and a lot of family members who look at you like you're crazy for walking that narrow way when you got this beautiful big broad way over here. And if that's the course they choose to walk, let them walk it. This is the course I choose because I know where this one ends up and I know where that one ends up. Stay the course. No matter how inconvenient, stay the course. No matter how problematic, stay the course. Don't let popular culture move you. Don't let persecution move you. Don't let hurt and betrayal move you. Don't let bitterness and resentment move you. Don't let disease move you. Don't let anything that arises as a surprise move you off the course. I'll finish my course with joy. And if that means bonds and afflictions, so be it. And if that, means, if that means never seeing your face anymore, this is what Paul is saying, never seeing your face anymore, so be it. I will finish my course with joy. The apostle Paul was in a, in a, a ship in the book of Acts, still on his course. You know, the course gets rocky. The course gets challenging. And sometimes you just think, have you ever, you know, have you ever, thank God for GPS. And sometimes you wonder who is in charge of this thing. Have you ever typed in your destination and they just send you circling in some of the craziest ways? And you think, why would they do that? You know, I, you, you, you type it in and they say, exit in two miles. And go backward and exit again and then come back this way. And I'm thinking, what are, they, what are they doing to me here? Sometimes, sometimes we don't think it makes sense what God does and how he directs us. We really do think that we know better than God so many times. We would never say that. We would never admit that. But that's exactly what you're saying. That is exactly what you're saying when you decide to walk away from the course God has mapped out for you and you walk after the course of this world. And so we have to be so very careful that we simply walk. Listen, what does he require of us? To love mercy, to do justly, and to walk humbly with the Lord thy God. Follow the signs, follow the map, let the map lead you, let the map guide you. I remember the biblical account of the young prophet who was told by God, listen, you go and prophesy to Jeroboam. And you tell Jeroboam that I'm angry at the idolatry that he has forced upon Israel. Let him know I'm going to judge him. Let him know that Josiah is coming and Josiah is going to bring down the heavy hammer of God's wrath. 
All right, I'll do it. But don't go to anybody's house on the way there. And don't go to anybody's house on the way back. Go and get back home. Well, that's not reasonable. What in the world? I mean, why would, why would God, you know, issue some seem to be kind of crazy demand like that? Don't go to anybody's house on the way there. Don't go to anybody's house on the way back. Why would God require something seemingly so absurd? So he did exactly as the Lord said on the way there. On the way back, he was trying to do what the Lord said. But there was an older prophet who came to him and was interested in what he said. And he wanted to know more about it. And he invited him to his house. He said, I can't. God said, I can't go to anybody's house. I know that sounds crazy. Maybe he didn't say that to you, but he said that to me. It may not be the way it is in your course, but that's the way it is on my course. It's my... in my race, the race that I'm running, I can't go to anybody's house. And you might get tempted because everybody else is going to everybody's house. Everybody else is just over there playing skip bow and ordering pizza and Dr. Pepper and, and doing the hokey pokey and the limbo. And you can't. You just got to go on back to where God told you to go. And it's awful tempting in those moments to say that's not fair and God isn't fully understanding where I am and maybe God doesn't really care whether I go here or there anyway maybe that's not all that big of a deal the older prophet said I'm also a prophet and the Lord said come to my house the younger prophet said okay then he went to his house while they were eating the Lord did speak to the older prophet he had lied earlier but now the Lord did speak to him and said the young man's going to die there were reasons why I had him coming straight home On his way home, as he left the older prophet's house, there was a lion that tracked him down and killed him. You know why God told him to come straight home? Because God issued a particular mapping and a particular route based on where he knew the lion was. I know the lion is here, so you you need to be here at this time. And then at this time, the lion will be here, so you need to be moving along at this. Don't go to anybody's house. When are we going to really learn that when God tells us to do something or not to do something, it is because he is saving us. But, but you know, God doesn't fully understand where I am and how I'm feeling, and so I'm just going to... Decide where to, no, God knows where the lion is. And the lion is as, the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Our adversary is that roaring lion. Obey the Lord. Walk humbly with him. Don't have all the answers. Know that he has all the answers. Know that even when it's uncomfortable, obey. Know that even when it's inconvenient, obey. Know that even when you disagree, obey. And stay the course. Stay the course. The Apostle Paul was on this ship, Acts chapter 27. While he's on this ship, We're going to read a few verses. When we had launched verse 4 from thence, we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. This is part of Paul's course. He's on this ship. 
God led him and directed him, and he's on this ship. And when we had sailed over the sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia, and there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. When we had sailed slowly many days, sometimes the course goes slower than you would like. Stay the course. Stay the course. And scarce, scarce were come over against Snedus, the wind not suffering us. The winds will be contrary. Stay the course. The winds will blow against you. The wind would not suffer us. We sailed under Crete over against Salmon and hardly passing it came into a place which is called the Fair Havens. Ha! They're in the middle of a storm and they're in a place called the Fair Havens. Nigh whereunto was the city of Lycia. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now, it's not contrary. It's not won't suffer us, won't allow us. It's dangerous. When sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already past, Paul, the man of God, admonished them. Now, this is very important to catch because this is one of those US 42 Reading Road moments. Because you think to stay the course, you just need to stay on this road, this road, this road, right here. Yeah, this one right here. I'm going to stay on it till I die. When you don't realize that the, the road that you are to be on winds a little bit and there are slight have you ever seen those the, the directions that 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 your uh, map app will give you and it says take a slight right what does that mean I, when I see that I know I'm gonna miss it I know I'm gonna miss it I, I just and I'll be looking at the slight right well now that looks like a slight right that kind of fits the description as I sail past and really oh that was it that was the one. And there are moments where when you pay attention and you're sensitive to God, then you'll know that part of staying the course is waiting things out, waiting for the storm to pass over, waiting. Listen, you and I don't need to go into storms that God didn't bring to us. Why launch into a big storm that God didn't bring? If God brought it, hey, let's surf. But if, if, if God didn't bring it, you, you need to stay out of it. Don't, don't, don't just create problems for the fun of it or because you think that it is a natural part of what you are supposed to experience let the Lord lead you and listen to the Apostle Paul. You know, he wrote a lot of good books in this Bible. He wrote most of this map in the New Testament. He's a great navigator, but he's not seen as a navigator in the world. The world mocks him, scoffs him, laughs him off. What does he know? He's a preacher. What does he know? We're the ones who understand the sea. And so Paul admonished them and said, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt. 
that this voyage, this one, will be with much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part, the majority advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenice and there to winter, which is an haven of Crete and lieth toward the southwest and the northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence they sailed close by Crete, but not long after... There arose against it a tempestuous wind. Are you ready for this? Called Eurachlodon. You know, we never, we've never had a hurricane named Eurachlodon. We got Katrina and Charlie and Ivan and Francis. Eurachlodon? What in the world kind of storm is that? And, and, and. I just don't want to have anything to do with something called Eurachlodon. There's just nothing good going to come out of anything called Eurachlodon. And here's the thing. Sometimes you are thrust into storms that other people have chosen for you. Paul had absolutely no control over it. He, he, he listened to the leading of the Spirit. He was sensitive to what God was telling him. He spoke up. He admonished them. He did everything he could do. Didn't matter. He's in the thick of Eurachlodon. Sometimes you can do everything you can do to stay the course, and you're still getting tossed and driven by the storms of this life, storms you didn't ask for, storms you didn't want, storms that the majority voted you into, and now there you are. Stay the course. Stay the course. Don't stop serving God. Don't stop walking with God. Don't stop believing. Don't stop going, 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 going. Endure afflictions. Endure until the end. His grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in weakness. You will come out of this alive. You will come out of this alive. You will come out of this alive. There is power in God for you. Stay the course. Hallelujah. No matter how fierce the opposition, stay the course. Hallelujah. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, and this has always been interesting to me, we let her drive. (laughs) Who knew Luke was born in the south? I never knew that. We let her drive. That's what we did. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands. Folks, this is getting bad. You hear Eurachlodon, and and that's bad enough, and, and you're trying to figure out what to do, and the next thing you know, somebody said, Quicksand, what? 
There are so many things that can go wrong here. And Paul is over there like, I told you, I told you, I told you we shouldn't do this. And he actually does say that here shortly. Fall into the quicksand, strike sail, and so we're driven, we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest. The next day they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared. How many have ever been there before? You feel like you haven't seen the sun or the stars in how long? When neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Stay the course. Even when all hope that you should be saved is taken away, stay the course. That God has laid out for your life. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete. I know the course. I am determined to finish my course with joy. I understand the direction we need to go. And you should have listened to me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and to have gained this loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, because you haven't finished your course yet. There's time left on your course. They need to thank God every day Paul was on that ship. It reminds me of the story of Brother Moses Hightower, a great man of God, a prophet, really, and uh, operated so powerfully in the gifts of the Spirit and tremendous man of God. Uh, uh, he was on an airplane that was, that was getting caught in what seemed to be Eurachlodon. And he was in the back of the airplane, and Eurachlodon was throwing the airplane every which direction. And uh, he, he began to pray and plead the blood of Jesus and, and cast down imaginations and... and uh, the, the flight attendant came back to him and said, Sir, are you all right? Is everything okay? He said, I'm okay. You, you need to thank God I'm on this plane. I'm the only thing keeping this plane up right now. They need to thank God Paul was on that ship. That thing was going down. But because he hadn't finished his course, there was no loss of any man's life. But the ship, now that's a different story. And you might lose some really big things. There might be some, a lot of breakage. There might be a lot of damage. As Paul said, harm and loss to the ship. No man's life will be lost. But the ship, it's going to be devastated. But notice... 
what happens, the Bible says that they actually grabbed pieces of the ship and those pieces of the ship took them to shore. Just because something might become damaged or devastated doesn't mean that it, there's not a piece that will keep you afloat. Just stay the course. Finish it. Finish your course. Stay the course. Win the battle. Live to fight another day. Pastor, how do I stay the course? Well, let's look back at where we started. At what the Apostle Paul said to Timothy. He gave him two keys to finishing the course. He said, I have finished my course. And he said, the two things I did to finish my course were, I fought a good fight and I kept the faith. If you'll fight a good fight and keep the faith, you'll finish your course. Hallelujah. Don't fight the unnecessary fights. Fight the good fight. And if you're fighting the good fight, you don't fight with carnal weapons. You fight with weapons that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's how you fight the good fight. Keep the faith. Halaboshaya. Keep the faith. Whatever, whatever it is the enemy's trying to take from you, let him take the ship, but don't let him take your faith. You might not be able to save all that, the, that you built into this ship, but don't let him take your... You keep that faith. You keep the faith that God was manifest in the flesh and God was justified in the spirit and God was seen of angels and God was preached unto the Gentiles and God was believed on in the world and God was received up into glory and that if you know the truth, the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah, that he'll never leave you, that he'll never forsake you, that by his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah, that he binds up the brokenhearted and that he sets at liberty them that are bruised, that he opens the blind eyes and he unstops the deaf ears keep the faith hallelujah. hallelujah there's a land where joy shall never end there's a home beyond the starry sky in the city where the lamb is the light keep the faith keep the faith keep the faith and if you keep the faith and if you fight the good fight you will finish your course you know what you got to do tomorrow there's two things you got to do tomorrow this is some homework for tomorrow and then Friday and then Saturday and then every day for the rest of your life. Fight the good fight and keep the faith. Stay the course. Stay the course. Let's stand to our feet right now and lift up our hands to the Lord. Glory to the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, let's bless it. Bless the name of the Lord right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I want somebody to get a hold of some Holy Ghost determination right now. And say, I'm not going to die in this dilemma. But I'm going to rise to face another day. I'm going to rise, hallelujah, to finish my course with joy. 
This isn't the last of me. I'm not done yet. God's not through with me yet. No, sir, no, ma'am. If I have a pulse, God has a purpose. I'm here. I'm here to do the work of the Lord. I must be brought before Caesar. There's still more work for me to do for God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Right now, just reach out to God in this place. Reach out to God in this place. He's here. He's here right now. He's here right now. He's here right now. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's an old song. There's an old song that says, and we don't have to, we don't have to sing this necessarily because it's, it's an older one. And, uh, it's not beyond me just to go into it, but we don't need, we'll practice it first. But the words just say it's a highway to heaven. None can go up there but the pure in heart. It's a highway to heaven. Walking up the king's highway. If you're not walking, then start while I'm talking. Walking up the king's highway. Angels to guide me. Always there beside me. And when I remember that line, angels there to guide me. Always there beside me. I think back to the acts of the apostles. Those, that difficult obstacle course that those Men of God, people of God walked. And it was nothing in the middle of that terrifying course that they had to walk for an angel to show up and say, Fear not, be of good cheer. Fear not, be of good cheer. It's indicative of when you're Walking the course of God. Hallelujah. Lord, send your angels as ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Send your angels as ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, I've never, I've never seen an angel. You don't know that you haven't seen an angel. The Bible says we entertain angels unawares. I'm telling you on this course of God that he has for you. He's got preachers and teachers and prophets and evangelists, prayer warriors and servants of the Lord and angels. Glory. You're not on this course by yourself. Hallelujah. Be bold in the Lord and be empowered by the Spirit of your God right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're off course right in this moment, God can translate you like he did Philip the Evangelist and put you where you need to be when you need to be there. Come on, all across this house, let's lift up our hands and let's let the Spirit of the Lord minister to our hearts. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Come on, let the Spirit of the Lord speak to you right now. In the name of Jesus. Let the Spirit of the Lord speak to you in Jesus' name. I can trust Hallelujah. I hope in my friend. Oh, yes, Lord. You give me peace. You give me peace. You give me joy. 
you give me joy. I know for sure I can trust in you. Oh, I, I will trust. trust in you. I will trust in you. My God, my provider. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and tell him I, I can, can trust. trust in you. Ooh, my 